Shoreo. In today's episode, we're talking the Amazon Prime original that's taken the world by storm, The Boys. Hello. Today, as well as everyone else in the world, we're talking about The Boys. Since the lockdown in March, you couldn't move for reviews about The Boys. IMDb and Prime have both got custom, like, interactive pages that have, people have spent hours and hours making. Quite honestly, worth a, worth a look if you're interested. Like, it shows you some of the, um, it shows you some of the abilities, like it, uh, it tells you what they can do and stuff, and it tells you a little bit of background and that. I only went on because I want to know a little bit more about Black Damar, because you don't really know much about him yet. And I wanted to see if it was the same as he was in the comics, but it doesn't tell you much about him, it just says, um, I'll save you the trip if that's why you're wanting to go there as well. It doesn't tell you anything about him, it just tells you that not much is known about him, which is a bit of a letdown. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, so yeah, it was really popular, it was broadcast on YouTube and Prime itself within an inch of its life, like you couldn't move without seeing a review about it, even I got sick of seeing reviews. But since you've taken the time to listen to the podcast, I might as well tell you what I think on it. But when I first watched The Boys, I must admit, I no one liked it at all. Like, literally, it's all I spoke about. Um, That's all, literally, I've, I was, I was so, I was really into it. It's pretty much all I spoke about for the journey of me watching it. Like, I was constantly recommending it to people. I was constantly, like, telling them to watch it. I was even offering people my Prime just so they could watch it. I even bought Prime just specifically to watch The Boys because my mate said it was really good and then I watched it and it was. It's just unlike anything I'd seen about superheroes. Like, I'm not very good with TV series either, really, but I, st- I just I fell in love with this straight away. But even after the first episode, I was hooked in just because of the sheer shock of it. Like, they just chuck you straight in. I'm obviously talking about the bit where it's like halfway through the first episode. A-Train just runs through this girl who you don't really know yet. And you don't know the guy either, like Huey. You know him, obviously, if you've seen the show, but you didn't You didn't know him then. He just runs through her. All that's left is her hand. You don't know what's going on. It's in slow motion, I'm pretty sure, for some of it. But overall, like, I love season one in general. So, like, the characters and stuff and how, how they build it up. But my favourite episode of season one is definitely the second episode. Like, it's really early on. They kind of landed on their feet running. Because my favourite one is episode two. And in the first episode... Which, to be fair, I do like as well. They managed to capture Translucent, where um, they managed to catch him at the end and put him in a car. Because they electrocute him, they find out his skin's made of carbon, which uh, conducts electricity, so they electrocute him. Which they thought they killed him, but they didn't. They find out later in the second one he's still alive. But um, in the second one, they bring him to probably my favourite character in the whole thing, Frenchie. They bring him to Frenchie, and they, they spend pretty much the whole episode trying to decide whether or not they can kill him like not like morally or anything like if they physically can like working out how to do it it's really good the writing's really good like there's good foreshadowing and stuff and like it's really it's probably, it's probably my favorite it's unreal it really sets the tone for the whole season as well like it has great it has great everything great soundtrack oh god sidetrack i love the soundtrack for this did a great job in both seasons the first episode they put iggy pop in and i love iggy pop that was a nice surprise like Psycho Killer, they put a bit of that in. Clash, that's in there, pretty sure. It's really good. And, uh, but it does a great job of introducing characters as well, the first season. But the story, and obviously the characters really roped us in as well. Carl Urban is really good in this, as Billy Butcher. Really good. Like it's, um, It seems to have really made him a household name as well. 
I could only tell you that he was in Dread before this, and not a lot of people have heard of that one, because it's a comic book like The Boys, but no one, nobody really knows that about The Boys either, to be fair, it's a graphic novel, which I hadn't read, I'll be honest, uh, I still haven't read it, but um, I might do, I might get around it, I probably won't, but um, and not a lot of people have heard of Dread, but that's another one that was taken from the comics, he, was, uh, he did really well in that film, it's really comic accurate, because he didn't show his face at all, which for an actor is weird, and like it's a weird thing to do, to ask someone to do as an actor. That film did well-ish, but it didn't really reach the heights of this, but to be fair, not a lot of stuff does. Not only Carl Urban is good in this, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, is really good in this. He comes across as unhinged, really like, very believably actually, quite scary. He comes across as intimidating, does a great job of that. Um, just someone you just wouldn't. Someone who thinks he's a god and thinks he's above everyone else does a good job of that. But um, oh, I don't, Anthony Starr, he's really good. But also, I'm gonna butcher his name. Gina Carlo Esposito is really good in it. Um, he's what's his face out of um, Brain Bad, Better Call Saul. Um, Gus, Gus, Gus. He's Gus, and he comes across as very uh, intimidating in this and. Better Call Saul. I'm talking about that bit with a fryer. I don't know if you've seen it. Anyway, I'm getting off topic again. Very good in this, though. Did a really good job. But Anthony Stark, he spent quite a lot of time re like researching superheroes for this. Not in like a traditional sense. He spent quite a lot of time watching YouTube videos of other superheroes, like uh, Christopher Reed's Superman, on tips of how to take off before flying and stuff. And it really paints a picture of what it would look like to have a superhero in today's world. Kind of driven by social media, having answered to nobody, Everything, anything bad they do just gets swept under the carpet, and the only people they have to pay, the only people they have to answer to is the people who pay their wages. But it really shows how they could be corrupted and shows a gritty world. I was though, I must admit, quite late at the party for the boys. Uh, the first season dropped in 2019, and I wasn't watching it until March of last year, so the, lock, the lockdown really is when I watched it. I remember a lot of people at the time, it was like a big thing at the time, being really angry about Amazon only releasing one episode per week. Which, you know, most people don't really see that as a problem. I don't see it as a problem. I don't get why people were so upset. But remember, they got a lot of hate about it. When stuff's released, like um, like Netflix Marvel stuff, for example, like Daredevil and that, it's just, they release it all straight away. And, like, people watch it and they just binge it all straight away. They leave nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, no surprises, no cliffhangers, nothing like that. They watch it all. It's just gone. And, like, especially people who create content and stuff like that, like content creators... They binge it as quickly as humanly possible so they can get a video out before anybody else or at least keep up with everyone else. Like a video or a podcast or anything like that. Like anyone who reviews stuff like that. Like especially um, channels who do like dissection videos and stuff, like things you missed, like little things, especially for like comic book stuff. There's loads of them. So there'll be loads of them for this actually if you want to have a look. But it was, uh, it was smart the way they released it because then... It keeps people talking about it. It keeps people tweeting about what happened in the last episode. Like, it keeps it relevant. It keeps it in the public eye. Not only that, it's, um, it gets, gives people time to, like... Because you get memes about stuff, especially. But you get memes about this, a lot. And it gives people time to make memes about it, which obviously keeps it relevant as well. More than anything else, it gave people something to look forward to. I think it was really smart how they did it. But obviously, a lot of comic book adaptations aren't really received as well as this one. Like, not all. Probably the biggest one people still slog off to this day is probably Green Lantern. But people hated that one, like, viciously. And to be fair, not without reason, because it is pretty awful. But 
Ryan Reynolds managed to recover his Deadpool, so clearly it's not his fault. It was just the studio's fault. Anyway, this is the only comic book film, really, sorry, not film, this is the only comic book series that I can think of, really, that's changed the source material quite, in ways, quite a lot, and people have thought it was better, including me, I think it's way better. But um, some of the major differences, and big fat spoiler warning here, by the way, they are pretty hard to ignore once they've been pointed out. So some of the more minor ones, like obviously, just get this one out of the way because it's obvious pretty much. They added obviously superheroes in this that weren't in the comics, which to be fair, like, I get. Keep things fresh and all that. I imagine some of the changes were made to keep up, to keep the series a bit more PG, which is probably the wrong word to use because this is really graphically violent and there's a lot of sex in it, but believe it or not, the comics were actually way worse, like a lot worse. But they, toned, they had to tone it right down for the show, otherwise it just never would have got made. It would just been too much. Like, a good example of that's probably... There's this bit in the show where... They hijacked a flight called Flight 37, but in the comic, that was... One of the jets headed for the Twin Towers. And they didn't make it any better when they got there. They managed to crash into the Brooklyn Bridge, and that just did not need to be put on the film. Imagine recording that, it would have been horrible. So they changed that, which I get, big time. Little changes were made as well, like minor stuff, like Madison Stilwell, she was a boy called James Stilwell in the novel. That was changed, not really a big thing. A-Train, uh, A-Train and Popclaw, they weren't, and they never met in the comics, they're in a relationship in this. That was a big part of his character as well. And um, they added that, so that was cool. They changed deep in this as well, massive, quite a lot actually. He was written as quite like level-headed and more mature in the comics. In this, he's a bit of a brat. Homelander is a little bit smarter in this too. He's he's a lot thicker in the comics. He lashes out like a kid quite a lot. He's got a good understanding of like manipulating people, and he, you can see him doing that a lot in the show. And he always gets what he wants. That's that wasn't the same in the book. That was different. But some other small details were changed, like uh, the origins of uh, a thing named Kamigo. He's called the female in the book. So little changes like to our to our, uh, origin. I can't remember our real origin, but it wasn't what it was in the, the show. Other little stuff like Starlight and Huey, they've got a bit more of a backbone in this. Um, obviously, Huey's getting manipulated by Billy Butcher. Like, even though he doesn't know he is, he is. It took him a while to break out of that in the comics, but in this, he kind of does it pretty quickly. But probably the, uh, the biggest, obviously the biggest change is the fact that Billy Butcher's wife is alive in this. Which isn't the case in the comics. She's uh, she's dead in the comics. She died giving birth to Homeland's kid. But in the show, this this just shows that the fans, this shows the fans that the creators aren't scared to add stuff that isn't in the comics. Like everyone was wondering as well at the end of this if was can't because like I said with Black Noir, we kind of see his face in this, so we don't know anything about him. But in the comics, he's actually Homelander as a clone. And then he, um, he, there's a bit where he leathers Homelander like he's actually stronger than him, which is a big thing because apparently he's meant to be the biggest one, the, the the biggest, strongest one. So anyway, we'll have to see where they go with that though. It could be in the next season. But obviously I really like the ending of this season as well, season two. It wrapped everything up really nicely, I thought. And it gave certain characters comeuppances and it set set the season three up really nicely. The um, the ending with Stormfront's brutal where Ryan just takes our legs off with his, uh, his heat vision. It's, I like uh, I like how Ryan's power showed up. The, um, we'll have to see what happens 
with him for season three. We'll have to see if he's still learning. Or maybe he's the one who takes down takes down Homelander. I'm curious to see where they take it, but it'll be a nice surprise. But even um they left it quite ambiguous left it quite ambiguous though and open ended, kind of. In a way, because even if they were to end it here, which to be honest, it's a possibility because COVID's making everything very hard to shoot at the minute. Um, I think the fans would understand if they did decide to leave it here. But COVID doesn't mean necessarily this will never get a season three because The Mandalorian especially has been doing some good stuff with green screens in one set room. So they'll have one set in a green screen and it can make it look quite good. So The Mandalorian obviously got very good reviews and that was mostly shot in one room in, under COVID guidelines. So we'll have to see how that works out. But um, it could end here. It's a, it's a possibility, but it would be a shame. But I think a lot of people would understand. But anyway, that'll do it for today's episode of Showreel. So if you enjoyed the episode, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast supplier. I've been Joseph and this has been Showreel. Cheers. Mm-hmm.